0: Why don't we put our hands together for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords tonight? Come on, as you clap your hands on it, you tilt your head back and shout to the Lord. Shout to him with a voice of triumph. Come on, let him know how much you love him. Let him know how much you adore him. Oh, let's worship the Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Uh, I I walked in to service tonight during pre-service prayer. And the Holy Ghost was already in this house. I knew this is the first time I've been here. But when I heard the sound of prayer, I knew I had come to the right place tonight. I felt a connection in the Holy Ghost. And I believe that God's going to do something extra special in this sanctuary over the next few minutes. And I understand that the Holy Ghost has already moved and touched so many people, and I rejoice with what the Lord has done. But I don't believe God's quite finished yet. How many's ready to have church for a few minutes? Well, I got a few of you. I wonder about the rest of you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Someone shout hallelujah. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6. and We'll read just a few verses of Scripture, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse beginning at verse 15. As you're turning there, I want to say how much of an honor that um, it is to stand behind this sacred desk tonight and to be with uh, our longtime friends, brother and sister Moats, and their family. I love them dearly. We've known each other for probably longer than either one of us would want to admit, and uh, we go way back, and um, I respect him, love him. I respect him for his prayer life, for his ministry. And uh, just back a few weeks ago, you loaned him out to us for a Sunday night. And he came and ministered to our church in South Haven. And let me tell you something, Heritage Church was blessed that Sunday night. We heard a word from the Lord. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the anointing of God is upon Brother Motes and Sister Motes and their family. And what a tremendous work that is taking place right here in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Look what the Lord has done. Hey, what about this? Look what the Lord is doing. Look what the Lord is about to do. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, so I, again, I give honor to the man of God, give honor to this great church. See so many familiar faces, so many old friends here tonight. And um, I, let me tell you a little of my little history. Um, 19 years ago, almost 20 years ago, I uh, took a job and worked full-time right here in Hot Springs, right off Airport Road, and uh, began to learn this city over about a year or so. And... I know this from the short time that I spent here. That Hot Springs needs revival. I can tell you from the short time that I've, uh, the short time I spent in Hot Springs, as beautiful as it is, as attractive as it is. There's a dark side. There is some spirits from hell that have tried their best to hold this city. But I've got news for the devil. There is a one God, Jesus name, apostolic church rising up. That's not intimidated that's not fearful you're bold as a lion full of the power of god and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world i've got news for the devil tonight your kingdom's coming down upon this rock will i build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on, if you believe it, clap your hands again and shout to the Lord. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 6, number 15, 16, and 17. And when the servant the man of God was risen early and gone forth. behold a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots and her servant said unto him, alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, fear not for they that be with us are more than that they that, be with them and Elisha prayed and said Lord I pray thee open his eyes that he may see and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And I want to preach on this subject just for a few minutes tonight. Lord, open our eyes. Lord, open our eyes. I wonder if you couldn't just lift your hands. Come on, let's do it all over this house. And let's begin to pray this prayer. Lord, open my eyes tonight. God, open our eyes that we can clearly see your purpose and your will. For our lives, for our families, and for this church. Help us to see things as you see them. Do a work in us, do a work through us tonight. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. God bless you. If you're thankful for the word of the Lord, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time before you're seated. The morning was early, sun was barely peeking over the horizon, In my mind's eye the dew was still fresh on the ground. It seemed like just an ordinary day, but unbeknownst to Gehazi this day was not like the others. This day would be a defining moment forever etched in his memory. This would be the day that everything would change. Gehazi, as he started out his morning, I imagine him going down his mental checklist of what he needed to accomplish that day. He goes through the normal routine of the day. He gets up. He puts his work boots on, and he says to himself, "I've got to, I've got to feed the animals. I've got to milk the cow. I've got to prepare the fence. I've got I've got all this, 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 the the the, the daily uh, necessities. It's upon me, and I've got to get busy." He walks out on two. His front porch and I don't know what it was, maybe the sun reflected off of of some metal or something, but he looks into the hills and something catches his attention. As he looks closer, he sees something that stops him in his tracks. He sees a large army surrounding the city. These were fierce warriors on horses. These were the enemies of God's people, and they were clad in their chariots. And fear struck the heart of Gehazi. And the Bible lets us know very clearly that that Gehazi thought the worst. Immediately his mind begins to run through the scenarios and none of them are good. And he asks the question, what are we going to do? he runs down to the house of the prophet Elisha and he knocks on that door. And I can imagine even before Elisha gets to the front door, there's panic in Gehazi's voice. As he opens the door, Elisha sees fear in his servant's eyes. And he looks at Elisha, and he asked the question, what are we going to do? We're in a mess. What now? And I like what Elisha says to him. He said, well, first of all, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. And then he tells him the reason not to be afraid. He said, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Because Elisha understood that at this moment, his servant Gehazi was operating with spiritual blindness. His vision was so limited that all he could see was the enemy. All he could see was the problem. And so Elisha prayed, and he said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and what he saw was that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire about Elisha. Can I preach to you for a few minutes tonight, amen, that when God opened the eyes of the servant, it is then and only then that he began to see the reality of the matter. You see, Gehazi had a problem. But his problem was not rooted in reality. That's why the Bible admonishes us as God's people that we are to walk, but we can't walk by sight. We've got to walk by faith. Come on, we can't walk by what we see with our carnal eyesight. But somewhere along the line, we've got to get in the Holy Ghost. And we've got to be able to see things as God sees them. And so... God opens his eyes and he begins to see through the eyes of God. Gehazi realized that with his carnal limited vision, he wasn't seeing the whole picture. Amen. He realized his 2020 vision had failed him. He was living blinded by the circumstance of a finite world. Amen. His world had formed and shaped his perspective. Let me say that again. His world had formed and shaped his perspective. And his perspective was not a heavenly perspective. His decisions were uh, uh, dictated by what he saw in part. But the reality was, guys, I wasn't seeing everything. But oh, that moment, oh, that God moment when God opened the eyes of the servant and he looked out and he saw what heaven was looking at. He began to see what the man of God had been preaching. And all of a sudden, faith gripped his heart Amen, and I'm I'm trying to go somewhere here tonight, but I want to say this, that there is tremendous value. Matter of fact, it's imperative that we as God's people know how to operate with a spiritual perspective. Hold the value of being able to see what God sees your problem a lot of times we don't see ourselves as God sees us we don't see our problem as God sees our problem God doesn't we don't see our future as God sees our future did you know God has more confidence in you than you have in yourself God has more faith in you than you have in yourself Oh I'm reminded about when God the angel of the Lord goes to Gideon and he's hiding by the wine uh, press threshing out wheat and the angel said oh mighty man of valor who are you looking at? You see Gideon he didn't see himself as God saw him. And I contend tonight that the will of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God for our life is oftentimes contingent upon our ability to see it, to grasp it, to embrace it, and to enact upon it. That's why I say there is tremendous value. It is imperative that we be able to see it as God sees it. Well, come on. Without a vision, the people perish. We've got to have a heavenly vision. Can I put it in layman's terms? We've got to have Holy Ghost vision. We've got to have Holy Ghost perspective. Without vision, we will become stagnant and we will die. Without God-given, God-inspired vision, we will merely maintain and we will never move into new territory as an individual, as, as a church, and as a movement. If we're going to be everything that God has called us to be, somewhere along the line, the scales have to fall from our eyes and we've got it we've got it <laughs> hallelujah heaven's perspective heaven's will hey you know what the disciples did they went to Jesus and they said lord teach us to pray Show us how to pray. So you remember what Jesus said. He said, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Listen to this. And earth as it is in heaven... and shame on the apostolic Pentecostal church uh, that has their little world down here uh, and we got a lot of problems and we got a lot of issues and we got a lot of financial heartaches and we got pains and we got sickness and we got our little world around here and in our mind God's got his own little world up there but let me ask you something what would happen if that world that kingdom what would happen if it would come down and intersect with our world. And no longer are we trying to make our decisions based on our problem. No longer are we trying to make our decision based upon our sight and our perspective. But all of a sudden the scales have fallen from our eyes and we're able to operate with faith. God-given vision. Someone shout hallelujah. Someone shout hallelujah. The way it is up there, I want it to be that way here. The way it is up there, that's the way I want it to be in my home. The way it is up there, Brother Moats, is the way I want it to be in my church. Amen. I'm talking about the plan of God, the will of God. You know, God's trying to take every one of us somewhere. None of us have arrived. Now, I'm, I know I'm a guest. Um, and I don't know 95% of everybody in this building. Um, and Brother Moats can correct me if I'm wrong on this. You're probably not perfect. <laughs> Close, but not you're not there. You know how I know that? Because I pastor real people. and Everybody's got a problem. I don't care if you've been in church 50, 60, 70 years. You've got room to grow you still have more work to do. Come on. You know when the plan of God is truly fulfilled in your life? You know when you really come to completion in the purpose of God is when he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so until then, you need to operate with this perspective. Hey man, there's still more for me. Come on, there's still more growth. There's still more revival. There's still work for me to do. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in so, until that's, that's completely fulfilled, and I don't believe it will ever be completely fulfilled until he says, well done. And we've got a work to do. God's... Bringing us somewhere. He's bringing us somewhere. But we've got to be able to see it. You hear me tonight. Let me preach to you the way I feel. We've got to be able to see it. We've got to be able to visualize it in the Holy Ghost. Right. Yeah. Amen. Did you know there are things out there that we've not yet discovered in the Holy Ghost? We're going way back here. Everybody know what this is? Chair. Whenever one of you are born, you're born into a world with chairs. Now, I'm going to get really deep on you here for a minute. Did you know that there once was a world that existed when chairs did not exist. Adam and Eve, they didn't have chairs. They may have later on, but right now, no, not no, not at the beginning. They're sitting over there on a rock. And I don't know who it was, maybe some caveman somewhere. He's a man. I, this rock—it's cold, it's hard. It's—it's it's digging into my backside. I wish I had somebody I could just lean back on. And then, somebody somewhere—do you know the possibility of the chair always existed? But it wasn't until somebody caught the vision. I said, you know what, if I, if I had a leg here and a leg here, and maybe they tried it with two legs at first and it didn't quite work, and said, so let's put one here, here, and wait, we gotta have this brace here or it'll collapse and we gotta and you know really we could go high tech with this this new invention and we could have it to where it folds up and down and man, and I could take it with me and I could put it in my deer stand and I could do a and all of a sudden, something that did not exist in the natural before, although the possibility was always out there, although it did not exist, somebody first had to see it up here. And then they said, I'm going to get to work to make it happen. Amen. Brother Philip, he was harassing me before church. Y'all pray for him. What if I told you tonight that we are going to, uh, what would be the word? We're going to dispatch or send him immediately to China. You know what you'd do? You'd say, "Uh, you're crazy. It's not possible. Right? What a trick question, right? You'd say, you're crazy. Am I? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) What if I told you that But Philip could talk to a person in China, real time. What would you say? We all know that's possible, but it wasn't just a few years back that we would have all said, "You're crazy." But you can roll it all the way back. The possibility was always there. I'm preaching to you tonight until you catch the vision and be able to see, at least in part, of what God is trying to do in your life. It'll never happen. Let me preach to you some spiritual perspectives tonight. Yeah. Hey, man, what if God and his will is for this church, Calvary Pentecostal Church, to run 1,500 and 2,000 people in Hot Springs, Arkansas? <laughs> Let me tell you how it's going to happen is you got to see it. You gotta get a glimpse of it in the Holy Ghost. And then you gotta say, you know what? I see it, I see it, I see it. I'm gonna work until it's done. I'm gonna teach Bible studies until it's done. Oh, I think a few of you are catching the vision tonight. Come on, Lord, open our eyes that we may see. Come on, let's worship the Lord bought the choice of the lord come on lift your hands all over this building ye ta yoro lo bo shata ya open our eyes god ye ta yoro Hey God, yonder, 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 Shataya. my Shataya. On. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Let me ask you the question Can you see it? Can you see what God's trying to do? Hallelujah. I, I love how in Scripture, that oftentimes the prophet is called a seer. And you know why they valued the prophet so much? It's because they knew that he could see some things that we may not be able to see. The man of God, the prophet of God, The seer, the one that could get in the spirit and find the mind of God and could bring a little bit of the kingdom down to our earth. Amen. Somebody that could see it. Amen. And you know what they would do? They would go to the seer, and they'd say, what do you see? What do you see, Pastor? Tell me what you see. I may not be able to see it. Matter of fact, I may not be even really be able to comprehend it. I may not be able to wrap my brain around it. But tell me what you see. Tell me what you see. Thank God for the seer of this house. Thank God for the pastor of this house. Thank God for the man of God that'll look over the wall, the watchman on the wall. He'll look over. The seer. The prophet. Being able to predict What's not happened yet? Hallelujah. But can I tell you, and I don't want to get out of line, Brother Motcham. Pull my coattails. Just do it after I leave. No, you can do it tonight if you want to. Moses. He couldn't do it all by himself. Can I preach to this church, this local church? Amen. Brother Moats will never say this. But he can't do it all by himself. If this church is going to go where God has... He can't do it all by himself. You know what the prophet needs? You know what the man of God needs? He needs some men and women and young people that'll say, Moses, let me be one of your 70. You worry about the weightier matters of the law. You let me take care of the little stuff. Just tell me what I need to do. Tell me where I need to prophesy. Tell me where I need to preach. Tell me where I need to sing. Tell me what I need to do around the school. Tell me what I need to do around the church. You know what God's going to do in this church? He's going, he's going. He's already been doing it, but I'm going to tell you, you're, you're just at the tip of the iceberg. God's going to raise up out of this congregation some strong leaders in the apostolic movement. <laughs> oh, I wish you believed that as much as God believes it. <laughs> Be seated, be seated. If this is all right. Can I have all the leaders of this church stand up? Stand up. Let's do this. Let's take it a step farther. All the preachers. Stand up. Come on, all the preachers stand up. I do this all the time at South Haven. So I'm real comfortable now, but some of y'all are real uncomfortable. Come on, you're going to get it here in just a second. All the preachers, all the leaders stand up. Oh, yeah. You know why you hadn't stood up yet? Because you're not seeing yourself the same way God sees you. Hey, you don't have to grab a microphone and stand behind a pulpit to be called of God to proclaim the gospel. Every person in this building, you have an influence over somebody. You are a leader, you are leading somebody. You ought to just recognize who you are in God. Recognize who you are in God's kingdom. We don't believe in a church of big eyes and little U's. How many times we've heard our bishop say that? We're all in this together. We're a team together. Brother Moats and Hot Springs and Calvary Pentecostal Church is having revival. I don't get upset when I hear the revival reports of Hot Springs. I don't become jealous when I hear the reports. Matter of fact, it makes me real happy. Because we know we're not in competition with one another. But can I ask you that when a brother or sister gets blessed across the aisle, when they're asked to sing and you're not asked to sing, can you still shout? If they're asked to preach and you've not been asked to preach, can you still shout? Oh yes, because we're not in competition with one another. We're all in it together. You know what the 70 did? They started helping the man of God. Yeah. Moses' father-in-law. Father-in-law of all people are the one, is the one that set Moses straight. Man. You know why they call them in-laws? Because outlaws are wanted. And I'm sure, I shouldn't have said that. God have mercy. Moses' father-in-law says, Moses, you're going to kill yourself. You're overworking yourself. I didn't have any of this in my notes right here, but I'm just going to preach the way I feel. And I'm not going to be just another minute. I want to say this carefully and please understand the spirit I say this in God did not call Brother Motes to Hot Springs to preach funerals to officiate weddings now this is going to bust some of y'all's theology he didn't call the pastor to go do hospital visits Bible never suggests that. Not one time. It says call for the elders of the church. The local ministry. So if Brother Moats ever does a hospital visit or he ever performs a wedding in this church or ever preaches a funeral, he's doing above and beyond what is expected of him by God as the man of God. If he does it, it's because he wants to do it he loves you he cares about you (laughs) Moses is sitting over here he's judging all of these issues he's counseling all day long amen now I don't know if Brother Motes counsels I've started almost quitting all that I found out it didn't work Nobody listens, Pastor Adams. You all might like listen Brother Moses, but. And Jephthah comes to him and says, Moses, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. Yeah, right. Here it is. You're sitting up there all day long, and you're our leader. You're our man of God. And all of these issues are taken away from your prayer time, your study time, your family time. I got an idea. Appoint 70 elders. And let them take care of the little things. And yeah, you're still, you're still the overseer. And you take care of the weightier matters of the law. There's still times, Pastor, you're going to have to come in and you're going to have to bail us out and give us a word of wisdom, amen, but 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 all this little petty stuff, amen, but we're going to figure something out. And, and so the 70 elders, they come in, and, and don't you worry, don't you worry about if somebody becomes too big for their britches. If this church is going to run 1,500 and 2,000 people, Somewhere along the line, there's going to be people that rise up and get something in their crawl, something in their spirit. They may rise up against the man of God. They may rise up against the church. Don't you worry about it. There's always going to be a Korah out there somewhere. But you don't stop the plan of God and the will of God for a naysayer. You don't stop the will of God and the plan of God for a Korah. You let God take care of them. And you just say, hey, I'm glad to be in the church. I'm glad to be in the church. So then we have 70. And it's incredible. For the most, you might even have time. To go hunt. Okay. Something starts happening when they appointed the 70. The Spirit of God. The anointing of God. If Fell in the camp the best I can tell these two men I'm about to talk about were not part of the 70 the Bible does not tell us that they're part of the 70 their name was Medad and Eldad and you know what happened the spirit of God got on them brother Jeremy Motes. or brother Jared Motz the spirit got on them and they're in the camp and they start singing. (laughs) And they start prophesying. And you got to understand their prophecy, it didn't go against the man of God's prophecy. It didn't contradict what had been preached. It didn't contradict the vision of Moses. Just normal just normal people. Saints of God. Me dad and Eldad. They're in the camp prophesying. And you know what? Sort of rubbing those elders wrong. Those 70 elders come to Moses and said, Moses, we got problems in the church. You know me, Dad, he hadn't been in church very long at all. And can you believe? I ran into him at Starbucks, and he was given a word from God to that cashier. Well, if that's not. Nothing, you should hear what Eldad did. Eldad was down there at the Walmart supercenter, and he was in the aisle, and he had his hands on somebody, and he was praying for them. Moses, you gotta do something about Eldad and Medad. And you know what? Moses looked at those those 70 elders and you know what he said? He said, oh no, I'm not doing one thing about those. He said, I would that all of God's people would prophesy. I would that all God's people would be seers I would that all of God's people that the scales would fall from their eyes and they'd be able to see the will of God and the plan of God for their lives come on let's lift our hands all over this building come on God's going to take Calvary places you've not yet went We thank God for the revivals He's already poured out. But I'm here to prophesy to you tonight that God's not finished. God still has a work to do. God still has a purpose to fulfill. And God's purpose and plan includes you. God's will includes you. Come on, let's lift our hands all over this building. I wish everybody just throw up your hands and close your eyes. Come on everybody, close your eyes. Everybody lift your hands. In the name of Jesus, I pray. God, I pray blessings over this church tonight. God, I pray for a fresh anointing to fall upon every saint of God in this building tonight. God, I pray that those who have been distant, those who have been calloused, God, that you would bring them back, that through your spirit that you would draw them to an altar of repentance, draw them to a place of consecration, draw them to a place of renewed determination. God, I pray, God, I pray that you would open our eyes tonight. you know what I wish would happen some men and women and young people would just step out of the pews tonight I know there's not room for everybody amen but if you want it I wish you'd run down to this front right now and throw your hands up in the air do it as a step of faith come on make your request known to the Lord God open our eyes give us a glimpse of the reality of the matter. Come on, Calvary Pentecostal. There's a work for you to do. Come on, Calvary Pentecostal. Come on, brother. God's anointed you to teach Bible studies. Come on, sister. God's anointed you to teach Bible studies. Let God anoint you to be a soul winner. Come on, pray that God and take you places.